2: Today on Two Black Guys with Good Credit, we dug into the crates for a classic episode. We hope you enjoy it.
3: This season, we are going to be turning your tweets into shows. So get engaged and tweet your ideas to at two black guys, good cred. Today's show topic is from Sarah in Philly. Sarah asked, in 2016, do I still need a traditional bank account? Sit tight, Sarah, because we're going to be answering all of your questions. Today's show is about banking. Two black guys with good credit. Let's roll. Two black guys
1: with good
3: credit. So, Sean, in 2016, does Sarah really need a traditional bank
4: account? My brother, I think everyone should have a bank account for financial relationship purposes. Okay. But Arlington, whether it's traditional or not, let's get into that in today's show.
3: Well, there you have it. We're talking banking today on Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Matt, give me that first commercial.
2: Ask and you shall receive, Arlington. This sponsorship break is brought to you by CLEAN. CLEAN is a financial literacy program designed to educate youth in a fun and interactive way through class lessons, workshops, and web seminars. To bring it to a school or organization near you, please visit www.financiallyclean.com.
3: Two Black Guys with Good Credit is a show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Dion, the lady with the facts, can you please give us the history of banking in these United States of America?
5: Yes, sir. So it all began actually with... Thomas Jefferson. You may be familiar with him, our third president. He actually had a very, very major influence on our original banking system, but not how you might think, because he was actually very opposed to banks. He saw them as a symbol of concentrated economic power. So if it wasn't for actually Alexander Hamilton, who you may have heard of quite a bit recently with the big Broadway smash.
4: Still can't get tickets. Neither
5: can I. Um, it's, who you, was... it's who you know,
4: my dude. It's a great play. It's who you know, my man. Mm-hmm. Who you know, brother. It's a great play.
5: I thought we knew you.
4: But anyways. No, um, yeah, it's so selfish. Yes saw it la- I saw it last week. Great play.
5: Uh, well, congratulations. Uh, but yeah, so he was our, as you, so you may well know Sean, the first secretary of, our, of treasury for our nation. Yes. And he actually, just a little tidbit, uh, he was born in the Caribbean. On the island of Saint Croix, yes, big up Saint Croix. Right, and by the time he was a teenager,
4: a Caribbean man making, calling the money shots, the shot caller in America. I gotta love it.
5: Although I did want to just throw in there, he was a he was British, um, born in the Caribbean. (laughs)
4: Uh, It's all semantics. (laughs) Uh,
5: But yeah, by the time he was a teenager, he was running the accounting house down there. He really had a good grasp of what the banking system should look like. So if it wasn't for him fighting tooth and nail to implement this model, I don't know where we would be right now. Uh, But the first bank of the United States was founded in 1792. It was actually modeled after the Bank of England. Makes sense. However, when the Federalists lost power and the Jeffersonians came back into power... Uh, that bank's charter was not renewed in
4: 1811.
5: Okay. After a near disaster in 1812, President James Madison realized the importance of having a central bank. So one was reestablished in 1816. But President Andrew Jackson, a Jeffersonian to the core, okay. killed it again. So the country was actually without a central bank for about 73 years. Wow! Shocking, right? A lot of
3: a lot of filled mattresses.
5: Yeah. Uh, there was one more attempt in 1907 before the Federal Reserve was completely reorganized. And it is what we know today. All right. So that's where it all began.
3: That's where it all began. All right. I'll take that. So let's just look at banking. Banking in the modern days is basically a financial institution which does two things. It takes in your money. It pays you interest for that money. It lends out that money to other people at a higher rate of interest. The difference between those two rates of interest is technically how banks are supposed to make money. But we all know they've come up with a lot of other funky, innovative ways to make money. But the bottom line, that's what banks are. And they play an important role in the economy, lending money to small businesses, financing, securing people's money, you know, that sort of thing. So, Sean, what are your thoughts about banking in this modern era?
4: you know some people like to be defiant and like to stand up and say the whole banking institution is 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 not good and they like to show that you know they don't want to be part of that system and i and i get that and i understand those purposes of cause but to me the banking is something that you have to be in the game i mean there's many forms of banking that you can do nowadays from online to traditional to credit unions but you can't be defiant and say you know i'm going to be anti bank and expect to succeed in, in 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 this society in america you know it builds credibility you you, it, it, you need to use other people's money to make money. Everybody does it, and in order and, in, and you also need you know your credit. It helps with your building relationships. I can walk into my branches and they know my name, and if I want to get things done, I can help. They can help push things for me and make my life a lot easier. And you you can even link your banking to your credit cards and earn points and rewards. It just it gives you access. And in these these times, it's something that I mean is necessary. Although it's quite fascinating that roughly eight percent.
5: Um, of America's population or household 115 million of them are still without a checking or a savings account And that was according to the FDIC
3: Yeah, but that's that to me is crazy Because if you're living in 2016 And you're putting money in the mattress Or in the walls of your house Or crazy places like that Where it's not secure It's definitely not convenient to retrieve it And it, def- and it doesn't help with Saving and investing.
4: Can we can we can we do a little contest here? Um, for all those people that are listening to our podcast and actually know people or themselves that put money in a mattress in their mattress, can you please forward us your address? You can tweet your address to us, you can email your address to us, and and let me come by to do a, a, a routine house inspection. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I have to admit I didn't know where that <laughs> one was going. But I got a ski mask when we get that ski
4: mask. <laughs> because obviously it's not reported, right? It's not reported. So if it tells people if this money gets lost or stolen in your mattress, guess what? You can't claim it. It's not insured. So, you know, please. Or if you Airbnb your house, which we've talked about in the other shows or anything like that, I would love to rent your house. Actually, I'll make sure your house returns in spotless condition and I will pay you double if for, if I can rent your house for just one night. Please. Well, see,
3: that's the thing. What's, what Sean is saying, he's making a joke of it. But the reality is the idea of keeping money in your house is crazy because, like Sean said, it's not FDIC insured. That is a federal deposit insurance corporation. And they insure your money. I believe it's up to $250,000 for personal accounts. So if you think that ten dollars in your house is safekeeping – when that house burns down or something accidentally happens, there goes that money. And how do you access that once you leave your house? Now,
5: Arlington, you, you said 10000 I There was a great article done by CNBC. A young mm-hmm. man, uh, he goes by the name of Fuentes Sanchez. He had saved $25,000 under his mattress at one point. This was a Hispanic man, something that was very common in their neighborhood. But, of right. course, those who got wind, burglaries spiked. Okay. Um, and he finally came to the realization, by the time it got down to $500, that it was time to start banking. Um, but just so you know, the reason he was so opposed to banking in, in the first place right. was the fees. He said, I right. felt like I was losing money instead of making money.
3: Hey, that is—that—I can't argue a man who's against the banking fees, but, you know, at the end of the day— It's not a reason to stay out of the banking system. You just probably need to find another bank. But I have a funny story in relation to banking. Back in our television production days, we did an interview with Eddie Murphy. And he told us this story of how when he met James Brown, James Brown took him out into the woods because James Brown used to bury his money in the woods because (laughs) he did not (laughs) believe in (laughs) banks in the beginning of his career.
5: Stop it.
3: And Eddie was like... How do you know where the money is? And James Brown was like, feel around. It's here. It's here somewhere. And so to this day, they believe that after James Brown passed, that there are millions of dollars in the woods somewhere. Eddie Murphy
4: dug it all up, man.
3: Well, no one knows that's, where it is. It's
4: just so ridiculous. They don't know where it <laughs> is.
3: As crazy as crazy. it sounds, they, they actually don't know where the money is. But as crazy as it sounds, people have done so, stuff like
5: not that. Not as uncommon
3: people, as I want to know our
4: audience, you know, they should tweet us. Tweet us if you know, if you have any, tweet us at two black guys, good credit. If you know any crazy friends, relatives that have similar stories about banking. I, I'm curious to know if there's still people out there acting crazy like that and are not banking traditionally. Well, when you- I just, I just think it's crazy. I mean... One thing that banking does, yes, are fees, but it's it's about relationship building. And I understand people say at the branch level they're really just information gatherers; they don't really do much except taking applications and information. But they're the forefront. They're at the they're at the forefront, and, they, and that's the people that you need to start building that relationship with. And you know, as far as borrowing is concerned, I'd rather borrow from the bank in most cases, especially with the interest rates being so low today, than to borrow from a friend because your only commitment with the bank is just pay them on time, and they don't harass you. Rather than your friend is going to have certain expectations mm-hmm. and want certain terms and want you to take them to dinner and all kinds of stuff because they lent you a dollar. But the bank is just like, here's my statement, pay me every month, and that's it. And if you, every, if you do better, you get more money and you'd be able to expand and do what you want to do in life. So I just don't understand. Yeah, it makes sense. I would not think to build that relationship with the bank.
3: Well, the other thing, too, is that, you know, banks, in addition to, like Sean said, they build a relationship. But part of that relationship is by having a bank account, you're going to need that. If you're trying to buy a house, if you're trying to apply for a loan for a car, they, they don't just accept that you are unbanked.
4: Um, and yeah, then you, when You can't you, just you know, show up to the, to the mortgage plate. Even the person you want to buy from, you can't just show up with money from under your mattress and say, here, this right. is the money I had saved. <laughs> right.
5: <laughs> and actually, uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of uh, Jennifer Tesher. No. She actually is the CEO of the Center for Financial Services Innovation. Mm-hmm. She actually popularized the term uh, unbanked. And she she put it beautifully. She said participating in the financial system has stretched far beyond the quaint notion of interest. Exactly. Cat- yes. It's it's about, like you said, credibility, yeah, you bank, know, access. Banks,
3: banks do a lot of stuff. I mean, they offer bill payment services now. I remember in the beginning you could only pay certain bills online. You can pay everything online. Nowadays. And they also help you save. And that's the part that people don't understand. When you have a bank account and a bank book, and you're actually putting money in a specific place, and you're seeing what's going in and what's going out, that actually helps you save for the future.
4: You know, Arlington, I have a funny story. Sorry to cut you off, but I used to do business in the Caribbean. I used to wholesale stuff and send stuff back and forth between the Caribbean and and, and the United States. Right. And I had a fisherman in, in Trinidad that actually... Said Sean, you know, he wants me to get him um, a car to help with his, a truck to help with his fishing. Okay, you know, and I said, okay, no problem, I can help source that for you. Mm-hmm. So I found one for him. I told him it was forty thousand dollars. He said, I said, he said to me on the phone, when you get to Trinidad, let's talk. <laughs> so I, okay, so, <laughs> this so is already sounding to, funny. So I went to his house, which is you know, and he brought me in some back-dusted area, and he pulls out bags. I was like, what is he giving me? Fish bags of money sealed together smelling like fish sticky together we had to literally unpick (laughs) these hundred dollar bills stuck to each other and he said hey boy take that back to america and get me the truck (laughs) I (laughs) i said i can't do that like i just because you have all this cash you're gonna have to find a way to put this in the bank and to wire me the money it just got back to the point of what we're talking about like you can't live in this cash society and expect to to progress in life because he had to do it that way. I was not walking through customs with forty thousand of fish money, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. That's, and that's Go the fishing.
3: that's the funny part, right? Is that people don't understand? Is yeah, you can save the money, but when you act, when it actually comes time to utilize the money, there's more questions to be. And asked and answered about where this money's come from. How did you get it? Why hasn't it been in a bank? People don't just say, "Oh, great, there's forty thousand. I'll take that from you."
4: And honestly, the way this money so stuck together, it, it had to be at least years of money he had stashed away. That it's really just paper. If you can't do anything with it, it's just decorative paper. That's it.
3: Yeah, that's true. That is true. Well, all right, stick with us. We've given you the reasons why you need to bank, and now we're moving on. Maybe it's there's some getting kind of fishy
4: in here, buddy. It's getting kind of fishy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it definitely is. And in the next section, we're going to dig into this a little deeper. Matt, take us to commercial.
2: This commercial break is brought to you by Canvas Malibu. Canvas Malibu is a boutique and contemporary art gallery located in Malibu, California. At Canvas Malibu, it starts with art, and their curated offering of shoes, apparel, accessories, and art are a definite must-see. Canvas Malibu is located in the Malibu Country Mart or online at canvasmalibu.com.
3: people we were just cracking up in the break because we were going over some of the wacky money hiding spots that we've uncovered in our research like the brassiere is always a grandmother's favorite the mm-hmm. ducty clothes hamper but you appreciate no it you appreciate look.
4: granny took a dollar out of that brazier and gave it to you though right you appreciate it that's true that. remember when you're <laughs> you were little when you were little granny would give you a little yeah, she gave here's a, for you baba hey, hey, you appreciate you, you, you took that bribe money didn't you <laughs> yes,
3: I did. The dirty clothes hamper. No one is going to steal your cash among your dirty draws. There's cans in the um, cans amongst the canned goods. There's the bag in the vacuum. I thought that was brilliant yeah. until you turned it on. Mm-hmm. And then there's always the old the old teddy bear and the buried mason jar in the backyard. So what we want uh, to know? Uh, what about out what there, about
4: my favorite place where I like to keep it? In the fridge, because my money's just chilling, dog. Just chilling.
3: All right. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but But what we want to know, good people, is tweet us at 2 black guys good Cred and let us know where some wacky spots that you or yours have hidden their money. Now we're moving into this new section. We got a question from Randy in Texas, and he wants to know, what does he need to consider when choosing a bank?
4: Sean? The first thing the bank has to be is too legit too legit to quit say what too, too legit, legit. Too, legit to <gasps> <quit. laughs> too legit to quit too legit you want to find a legitimate bank you don't want to bank at Arlington and Jackie <laughs> Forbes bank all right trust me and not see your money tomorrow so you want to find a bank that's reputable has a history and that's FDIC insured that's important that's the most important thing
5: great point Sean uh, according to the better Business Bureau uh, first and foremost, you should also be making sure you take inventory as to what your needs are. What are your own banking habits? You know, if you know what you will you need from a bank, it'll be so much easier to evaluate and compare, right?
4: Makes sense? As, as the lady with the facts was saying, yes, you need to really figure out, as we talk about a lot in the different shows, figure out your needs, your personal goals. What are your banking goals? What do you need? Do you need account, a checking account just to simply write checks? And if you do need a checking account, do you write a lot of checks? you just write one check a month? Because I'm an advocate that... You can bank for minimal fees, if not nothing, you know, if you really be smart about identifying what you need. You know, what hour bankings do you need? Do you have a work shift where you can't meet the regular banking hours? So do you need a banking hour that's open beyond, you know, normal business hours? You know, do you have a a lot of money that you need to put away and save and you need to get a higher rate? These are different questions you need to ask yourself and research and determine what works for your personal banking goals.
3: Listen, that's all good, but the bottom line is you got to get into no monthly fees, no minimum balance required, no limitations on the number of transactions you do. You use free ATMs, online and mobile banking. Make sure your interest rate is competitive. Do not sign up for the 0.002 when down Hi. the street you can get one percent or two percent. Um, and make sure you have overdraft protection because one of the killers of banking
4: is overdraft fees. Location, Arlington, is also good. Like I just discussed, most people want to use a bank that has a branch close to where they live or work. So visiting a tell and ATM to make the puns. I am a true fan of location. I mean, I know you may differ and you may think differently. I like to know, I travel a lot. I like to know that wherever I travel, I can hit an ATM and pay minimal fees. So to me, I need a bank that has a lot of locations and you know, and gives me access.
5: No, I agree with that. But you've you've heard of J.P. Morgan Chase? Yes. Uh, Bank of America? Yes. Wells Fargo? Yes. They earned more than six billion dollars just from ATM and overdraft fees last year alone. See, that's crazy. Again, the, it's crazy.
3: That is crazy. And I I found a stat online that was saying B of A earns a million dollars in fees per branch. Wow. And they have over 4,000 branches in the United
5: States. You do the math.
3: Yeah, the fees are killing us. Because like we said, banks started out as a very simple process. Take your money, sh- spread your money around, profit on, make profit on the difference. And then they decided, you know what? We need to be in the business of making money for ourselves. And it kind of shifted where it became less yeah. about the services they were offering and more about how much money they can make
4: fee driven i am a fan of paying minimal fees listen i call if i if i get charged a $2 service charge you, i don't know i'm just a stickler to that thing i'm on the phone trying to get credit for it okay and i believe that <laughs> <laughs> there are enough Banking institutions out there where you can find one that fits your personal needs and re- keeps your fees to a minimum. I mean, there's some people that need to do a lot of international wiring and they need to do certain things that ca- that tend to charge a fee. But you can minimize that fee. And I think if the regular Joe Blow that just wants to open up a checking or savings account and save along the way, you can get you mm-hmm. can find a bank that that has minimal fees. And if and if people that do know that, you know, let like, hey tweet us and let our audience know where you bank and where you pay minimal fees. Two black lives with good cred, you know, let us know. But research the fees. And there's so many websites that you can compare Bank A to Bank B to Bank C and figure out what suits your needs.
5: That's a good idea. Spread the word, people. Just to give you another stat, though, 45% of Americans do pay monthly maintenance checking account fees. As much as you say they can avoid them? Yeah. Just so you know, almost half the population. Because they
4: don't do their homework. That's the problem. Well, we could can- <laughs> No, it's true. We line up
3: for banks like lambs to the slaughter. Listen, we're like, oh, I need a bank account. We go to the three that we know, and we're like, oh, okay. So you're going to mess me over. You're going to mess me over, and you're going to mess me over. People
4: have. I'll sign people, with that guy. People have a <laughs> deeper relationship with their bank than with their own significant other, and sometimes their own kids. They refuse to close their bank accounts. Yes. <laughs> you know, I opened we'll open up a bank 20 years ago at a bank, and I have never closed. I still have that same account. Is it the right thing to do? Maybe, maybe not. Should I look at other banks? Of course. Like, you're not committed to these banks. Like, you're not, you know, you're not married to these banks. You can close your account and open up somewhere else that is more suited for your needs at that time. Maybe 20 years ago, this bank suited my needs. But where I am now, I need to find another bank. Don't feel like that's what the companies try to do. They try to sign us in for these long-term relationships. with a bank, It's not a marriage. With a bank, it's not a marriage.
3: It's not a marriage. It's an fair. So right. It's an fair. It's it's, <laughs> your bank is like your side chick. I didn't say, I, I've never had one of those before,
4: so I can't relate to that, but I would call it an affair.
3: But the bottom line is you got to make sure, all jokes set aside, you got to make sure that the bank that you choose is maximizing your goals, not maximizing their goals. And that's why in the next section, we're going to get into some options. Can everybody say credit union? Oh, Lord. Two black guys with good credit. Keep oh, it locked. Lord. All right, people. So we want to know, where are you guys banking? Who out there is using alternate banking options such as virtual banking or credit unions or community-based informal savings clubs? Hit us up on our Twitter handle, 2BlackGuysGoodCred, and let us know what you're doing. So far this show, we've talked about traditional banking, and now it's time to take a turn. We are going to turn into the credit union, my new love. I love credit unions.
5: Is, is it your new love? Well, guess what? You're not alone. Mi amor.
3: Mi amor. <laughs> the credit. The union.
5: Watch, watch out, Jackie. <laughs> um, but you're, I'm just, just letting you know, there are actually over 100 million members already participating in credit unions in the United States.
3: And I've just found her.
5: Yes. Or
3: him in your case. That's
5: almost... <laughs>
3: <laughs> Easy now.
5: Easy. Easy
2: now. <laughs>
5: yeah, but it, I mean, it's pretty surprising. Almost 44% of the economically active population are using credit unions. Wow. Uh, and for those who don't know, uh, a, a, a credit union is a not-for-profit cooperative. It's a tax-exempt organization. Uh, one of the largest uh, co-ops in America is the Navy Federal Credit Union. And just to give you an idea, they hold over $75 billion in assets.
4: Wow, they have See, it's good enough for Uncle Sam. Can I, can I say something? It's good oh enough God, for yeah, me. you're so structured sometimes. But can I say something? You know, I just want to say I have been ignorant for forty some years of my life because I just you know through this show i was i've able to find a lot of new things but one of the most interesting finds i found is that credit unions i always thought it was like a place for uh blue collar workers nothing against any blue type of blue collar worker but i thought it was a place you know like unions people in that nature bank their money but when i did my research and i no, realized no, that
3: no, it's no. a great
4: alternative to banking if you're not comfortable with the institutional banks because it just the rates are high the customer service is high i think it's it's a great option and i'm so I was so pleasantly surprised of how great credit unions are, you know, and by the way, we're not sponsored by any credit unions, but if you choose to sponsor us, we'll definitely, you know, push credit unions <laughs> a lot more on this show.
3: Well, let me just piggyback on what Sean is saying. Number one, Dion, I love your structure. And two, well, thank you, Arlington. Don't mention it. And number two Credit unions definitely offer lower interest rates and that is a key component. When you um, go to get a loan from a credit union, you're more likely to talk to someone face to face. They're more likely to give you better um, loan rates. Their fees are a lot cheaper. And you are a participant in the bank because it's a union. It is a group. You can run for board member of your credit union. So you are able to be very instrumental in how your bank runs and how your money is managed and what the fees are. And also, truth be told, credit unions are the new small, small business banks of the 20th century. We always hear about how the small banks have disappeared in America because they got eaten up. By the big three, Wells, B of A, and Chase, but credit unions are there. So if you're a small business person, credit unions could be your thing. But, Sean, what are some other options? I know you're into all different types of banking, so what what else do you like out there? When
4: we talked about outlining this show, I brought this one up, and you guys all laughed and said historically, but a lot of businesses have founded on this form of banking, and a lot of people have succeeded, especially new immigrants coming to countries. They They work within their community, and they do what I call in my community a susu. And you know, years ago, I was not a fan of susu because it bears no interest. It's really just money passing from hand to hand and capable within it. Oh,
3: wait a second! Wait a second! Wait a second! You can't just drop the word susu and keep going like everybody understands. Please define the term susu for our non-Yad West Indian audience.
4: Um, a susu is a is a what some people call a box on hand. It's an alternative banking option. It's a, it's a community thing. So, you know, there could be you, myself, Jackie, your wife, and uh, Dion, and, and we could create our own susu. And what that means is that we could say, well, it's a $500 a week susu. Meaning that every week we, depot, we give each other, we put $500 into a pool, which would be $2,000 because there are four of us. And then one person out of the four gets that $2,000 for that given week to do as they please. And then next week we put in another $500 and that $2,000 goes to a next person. So it's a way to really, it's like a fast cash way in which you could get money quickly up front to, you know, hopefully invest, pay off bills. And then um and then, you know, and then use for things that could help you in life and progress and make you move forward. And a lot of they do it a lot in the Chinese community, and the in the Jewish community and in the Caribbean community as well. And you know, somebody begged a different well if I get my money last, that means I, I'm paying I get screwed. Yes. In some hands you get your money last, but then the next round you could get your money first, which is like a cash advance. So you know, I, I was not a real hoochana, but as I get older and wiser, I think it's not a bad thing. It encourages you, it forces you to save because most people amongst their peers they don't want to look like they're the they're the weak link.
3: Right, I hear you. I, I have to admit, the Susu, I think. Susu is something that I grew up on. I was the one that had to drive the susu money to my mother's partner keeper every week. Was it a week. lady? It's usually that like an old lady that collects. It's, it's an a old lady that connects and
4: probably puts it in her bra lady. or puts it in a shoebox. Yeah, it was a Jamaican <laughs> yeah.
3: lady, and I'd go over there, and every once in a while, she'd be like. Would you like a patty for the drive back? I was like, sure. Yeah. So I think it is a viable, I think it it is a viable option for saving money. But as I've gotten older, the one thing that I ask myself is, what is the opportunity cost of giving someone your money to hold that's in a non-interest bearing account of any kind? And God forbid something happens to that person and your money, because Naf Susu money has gone missing when you mm. go knock at the person's door. And as we say in the Caribbean, them know they're (laughs) dead.
4: Translation, they are not home.
3: So what do you think about that? Sean? I think
4: with everything there's risk and there is that level of exposure like you just mentioned. And that's why with anything just like banking, you have to make sure the people that are in your susu are people that you've known. And I've like people that have gotten screwed have been getting get greedy. They're getting like ten thousand dollar susu hands that have people that they, they don't even right. know who they are involved in the susu. You need to make it a small community amongst people that you know, you know, and then it could be you know, and then I think it could be functional. You know, and there's people that I know that have been in yeah. susus for years and have, it's done well. But it's, I think, once again, if greed takes over you and you get involved in something you know little about, then there's that opportunity.
3: Well, let's go from susu to online banking. Dion?
5: Yes, indeed. Online banking, definitely, you know, catching fire. They actually did a review um, of the top 10 uh, online banks. Just to give you the top five, Ally Bank was voted number one for 2016. Know it well nationwide bank followed by discover bank connexus credit union and first internet bank of indiana oh sorry and also bank of internet usa so those were the top five for 2016
3: you know what's what? so funny mm-hmm. go, i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off go no right i was here, go just right gonna
5: say some of the things that put them at the top some of the pros were that um, atm fees for example ally bank you can go anywhere they will reimburse your fees which we had nice. talked about is is huge, right? It's a huge draw, um, for sure. But then there was a con- like certain cons. For example, at Ally Bank, they don't have very many credit products. They don't really have auto loans to offer you, so that could be a you know a negative. For example, you know, so you still have to do your research when it comes to online banks.
3: Well, I will agree with you. I think um, some online banks definitely have their um, shortcomings. They don't offer the full range of products. That um you know, the traditional big three offer, but you know, I do kind of like online banking because the fees are lower, the um, getting that money back from using ATMs, and they're also a lot of people are afraid because they're not as as diversified, but a lot of these banks have started partnering with other institutions so that they can offer you ATM right. Um, options right across the country, and in some cases, Uh, internationally. And then also, Allied Bank, it's not like it Mm -hmm. started last week. That bank's been around since 1919 when it started as Allied Financial Inc., Allied Financial Inc. in Detroit. And, um, you know, it's expanded. That's interesting. I think that's really the future. And also, these banks are also looking at offering a bigger suite of options. So I did see a little bit where Allied is moving. Definitely they do automotive financing, but they're also looking at getting into leasing, insurance, commercial loans, um, housing. So they eventually these banks will be just like everything else. And I know it's easier to deposit a check. You get it. You take a picture of it. Boom, the money's right there. And I know you, Sean, you're a big... Um, you're a big uh, tech guy, so I'm sure this one speaks to I you. I think
4: online banking is really forward-thinking, honestly. I think it's it's a place that, you know, you talk a lot of the New Millenniums, which I did before this show, and a lot of them are a big fan of Allied Bank, and they're, onto, and they're into online banking. Like you said, taking a picture of your... T- I still traditionally go to the ATM to deposit my tenants' rent checks, but... You know, I should be getting into the practice of just taking
3: Which ATM do you go to? Just-
4: <laughs> <laughs> but I should be getting into the practice of taking a picture of them and, 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 and just doing it that way. Which you know, so I, I think online banking is a way of forward thinking, but you still need I think you should do both. You still need to have that relationship when it comes to building relationships with bank and bank with certain branches. So I, like I said, I think there's trade offs in both and you know, I'm a fan. I have multiple accounts and a number of banks, you know. I don't just bank at one bank.
5: Well, and there guys, you have we it. We didn't even touch on the fact that, you know, you tend to get higher interest rates with online banks. And there's a, there's a big reason yeah. for that. They don't have the overhead. So that's yes. another big thing to consider when you're looking at online banking.
3: There you go. If you're not like Sean Linda with his many Swiss bank accounts... You might just want to consider online banking as an option, Mr. I have many, 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 many bank accounts around the world. All right. This is Two Black Guys Uh, with Good Credit. We're talking banking. Keep it locked. And uh, if anyone sees Sean going to the ATM, please let me know. I got a a ski mask and an airline ticket. Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Keep it locked.
2: At Shea Essence, they take great care in handcrafting their line of skin care, offering smooth textures and delicate natural aromas. They invite you to try their assortment of products for kids and adults and discover the difference Shea Essence can make in your life. Start shopping now at www.sheaessence.ca. Your skin is craving something good. <laughs>
3: This week, people, my bottom line is simply this banking is not a marriage, and I have definitely become interested in taking a credit union out for a date. As a small business owner, see, Sean got that. I like that. Sean got that. As a small business owner, I am tired of dealing with the big three. I am looking for alternative options, and I think credit unions are a good way to go. I'm interested in having someone I can talk face to face with, I'm interested in lower fees. I'm interested in easier access, no payment or no charges for my ATM usage. I'm interested in working with a bank that will work with me to discuss loans so I can expand my business. These are things that credit unions offer, and I think credit unions are in the business of service, like banks were, before banks got in the business of banks. That's it. I'm out. Credit union. holla at your boy,
4: Arlington. All right, everybody. It, although I say I mean, you know, I'm a fan of credit unions. I still like to take a little holistic approach to things. You know, I'm a little more conservative than Mr. Arlington. And I think I look at it from this. Like I said at the beginning of the show, find out what your needs are and what works for you. To me, if you're someone that travels a lot, like myself, international traveler, maybe you need to look into traditional banks.
3: International traveler with many, many,
4: many. If <laughs> <few> you <laughs> are somebody you that... Many. <laughs> That leaves that needs that customer serv that wants that great customer service interaction that wants that home feeling and being part of something and be part of it. Then I would recommend and better rates. Then I'd recommend being part of a credit union. You know, if if you're one That's if you're somebody me. that like lives on their phone and just wants quick ac- accessibility and you want minimal fees, then I would suggest you know online banking. And now you guys always want to claim who I am, but if you want to be like me, I would suggest taking a little bit of everything, all right, and figure out what works for you. So that's my bottom line.
5: So at the end of the day, people, you've got options. But to help you do your research, there's a lot of great resources out there online, in your neighborhood. Um, you can always check out nerdwallet.com. There's plenty of blogs out there like The Daily Worth. Uh, don't forget The Better Business Bureau. You know, you've got the uh, self-help organization. Uh, they're part of the community development financial institution, uh, the treasury department. There's so much out there at your fingertips. You just have to go out there and get it.
3: Well, there you have it. I'm Arlington, one half of two black guys with good credit. And I'm
5: out.
4: And I'm Sean, the always intellectual and better half of two black guys with good credit. And I'll see you all next week, podcast people.
5: And I'm the lady with the facts. Dion signing off. Black guys.
4: The Two Black Guys with a Good Credit podcast
2: is produced by Matt Smith and Arlington Forbes.
1: Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, Award-winning insights and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.
6: Hold up. What was that?